Dean Sembelikos, uh, is the founder of Cade Global. And in fact, Nanobytes, these cheeky little things that you've seen uh, myself and Dan play with on Game on Australia on the weekly show. And he's been kind enough to give me his time because, um, I mean, far out. There's so much happening. Um, Dean, great to speak with you. You too. Uh, wh- where are you right now? What a, what an awesome backdrop to see. Like you've got, you know, it's a, are you at your own toy store? Is that how this works? What's the deal? Yeah, well, I mean, every, every I mean, basically, uh, this is our showroom. So it's it's the place where, you know, when when things have kind of gone past enough development cycles that we start to kind of place it on our shelves and 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 give little previews generally to uh, toy trade people as to, you know, what the upcoming new series or, or concepts are. So, uh, so yeah. Now, I, um, I want to take out people who haven't seen this before and might not be familiar with you or Cade Global or, or in fact, Nanobytes. Um, I usually give our audience an opportunity to, uh, to get to know the people that I'm speaking with. And so um, give us a little bit of history with regards to, you know, your, your great extensive experience in toys and toy making and so on and so forth. Um, okay. So I, I actually I grew up around toys. Um, so I'm, I'm third generation uh, toy man. Um, my, my grandfather originally started in the 60s um, making uh, pedal cars. And, and so he started a company called Pines of America. And eventually that became known as Power Wheels. So, um, so yeah, so, so he started in the business and uh, I grew up, you know, kind of around it a little bit. Uh, and, then, and then my uncle joined uh, Bandai in 1991, just before Power Rangers took off and became a, uh, a global phenomenon. Uh, and then, and then I moved here in 2002 in, into Hong Kong, which is which is where I am right now. And uh, you know, 19 and a half years later, uh, we're still here. And now, uh, of course, uh, working with with my wife, who I met along the way, and uh, and and we have three little kids as uh, as play testers. That must be the most amazing thing. And I like you know I, I can imagine my kids um, go absolutely bananas for these and like because I've got a couple of boxes of them in the garage thanks to you guys and you know we're doing giveaways and mucking around with them and doing videos and so on and so forth and my kids have discovered them um, and so it's not it's it's quite often of an afternoon um, particularly my five year old who gets home from work and starts you know nabbing me on the shoulder going dad can we open a nanobite I want to really open a nanobite and you know we're gonna get to all of that um, but. For you as a as a kid growing up um, around a family, third generation toys, to me as somebody who loves toys and loves collecting, I, I can only imagine that would be such a dream. Was it was it like that? Was was it just really cool as a kid to grow up around these toys? Were you even allowed to play with them? Did it feel like a toy factory for you? It, it, it was. I mean, it's 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 kind of strange because uh, it's my mother's father. And uh, and of course I'm 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 half Greek, so so like uh, like most Greek immigrant families, um, my my father was in the restaurant business. So so you know my, my grandfather lived in the U.S. I grew up in Toronto, Canada. Um, so my day to day was not as toy centric. It would be more when he flew up, he'd always have a case full of toys 
and it was just it was amazing you know you you get to check out all these new things and 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 you know it was it was very privileged whenever whenever he'd, he'd come to town uh so so yeah that was that was that was super cool and you know my time as a, as a, as a kid was well it started out right with like He-Man, Masters of the Universe, and uh, and then and then eventually, you know, the big one for me is is as as youth was uh, was Transformers. Um, so I mean, you know, and then video games coming along too. Uh, I remember there was a company he was involved with in Canada named Irwin Toy, and they actually were the distributors for Sega. So. I mean, going to the the toy show in uh, in in downtown Toronto, I got to go a couple times because I usually don't let kids in. It was it was memories that I still hold near and dear to this day. I mean, I got to play in all these like like cool video games, not yet released. I mean, it was it was it was really really special. So uh, I don't I don't take any of it for granted. It's a privilege to do what we do, uh, and 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 I, I love it. Do you think you would have ended up in toy making, toy manufacturing, if not for uh, the history of the family? There is a very high percentage chance that that's where, you know, I mean, I think there's a few different divergent paths that any person can go and and interests that any person has. But um, I, you know, there's some things that you kind of look at. And one of those things that I've always looked at is over time is like, I love, I love making toys. Like I really do. I, I enjoy it. I, I, you know, much my, my wife, Kat, she puts up with this sometimes. I'm like, I have an idea. She's like, enough of the ideas. Okay. <laughs> like we've been listening to them for 14 hours today. It's time to just have the glass of wine and let's chill. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I think that there's, be a very significant chance that it would have brought me to the same industry, um, regardless of the background. So nanobytes themselves, was that a, I have an idea moment? Uh, yeah, that was, that was exactly, uh, that's exactly what it was. Um, it was like two and a half years ago. Um, pretty stressed out because we have three children here and uh you know we were this this really small company and i wanted something big and uh i've already built a toy company at the time and and we sold it off we got acquired actually by uh by an australian um owned company yeah somebody uh, a gentleman a company named zing owned by a gentleman named Pete Cummings from from Perth actually I know Zing um, very very well yeah. uh yeah yeah I love Zing one of my absolute favorites very very cool company and uh and so so he uh he acquired my first toy company which actually my uncle and I founded um and, and his partner as well back in 2005 and so so he bought us in 2015 and uh, I, you know, said, "All right, I'll, I'll buy if you come run my international business." So, so I did that for a few years, and it was nice. It was great. Made some met some great people, and and made some really strong friendships along the way. But, you know, I kind of had the itch to to do my own thing. So, as you start out, you make one thing, you make two products, three products. Were you looking for something big? Or at least I. I wanted something that would be just transcendent and 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 really special. 
uh, and, and to stretch out and try to, to, to have a big, big, big idea. Um, so I think it was about 4.30 in the morning um, and I'm up and there's about two months to go until this toy fair. And here I am naively thinking like, I need something I can pull off in eight weeks. Uh, and, uh, it, 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 it actually, it came into my head. I'm like, wow, you know, this is, this is, this is a big one. It's a physical world. It's a digital world. It's a, it's a unification of both. It's, it's data driven. It's information based. It's got its own little style guide and art. And, uh, you know, I didn't see it as it currently is now, but, but the idea popped in there and I just kind of sat down and I was like, oof, this is going to be bumpy, but it's a big one. This is exactly what I was looking for. So it was very organic, and and um, and from there we kind of haven't looked back. So I mean, you know, it's a big idea. Um, it's sort of bumpy, but you you know, this is what you're in for, and you're excited about it. And but like it, I know nanobytes as we know it now. I know it, you know, with the app and the digital world and the expansions and the new um, series that are coming out and the, the additions over the course of time. And, and I, I've seen Nanobytes where it is now. Um, where was Nanobytes when you originally had that idea? Like, like I'm talking about, you know, what, what was... Do you remember the first little thing that you thought to yourself, um, oh my God, this is it? I mean, because I... And just to maybe maybe help that question along, you know, QR codes, for example, play a big part in nanobytes and how the yeah. physical world interacts with the digital. Was the QR code the big idea first? Or was it you're going to create a tiny little world that you can interact with online, the big idea for What was that one little thing? Um, so the one little thing, and this goes back to something I... I, I this goes back to this seminar I, uh, I joined in, in Chicago years ago by this guy named, I think his name is Steve Drucker. He worked at Hasbro. And his line in this seminar was, the look is the hook. And, and so I, I've always kind of kept that with me, the look is the hook. And he's totally right. He went through this big dissertation of, of how, you know, the look of a toy you know, we're primarily visual creatures. And if you have something that really looks desirable, you've made the first great step in the right direction. So the first thing was that, you know, being a child of the eighties, I'm like, I want something retro, cubular. Okay, you know, kind of eight bit like, and Minecraft doesn't really do it totally. You know, it's, it's very blocky. And obviously the gameplay is amazing and that's why people really immerse themselves into that play pattern. And, and, uh, and, and at the same time, um, so I was, I was kind of mindful of that. And, and when we started to play around with it, I, uh, um, I got in touch with this friend of mine who, an old acquaintance, he was designing at another company. Um, and I said, you know what, I'd like to make, to start out with, with, with a cheeseburger random. Um, and I'm like, I'd like you to make me a cheeseburger and, and, and I'd like to do it in this kind of tubular detail where I can see everything. I want to see the sesame seed bun. I want to see the meat on the patty. I want to see the lettuce. I want to see the cheese. I want to see all of it, but I want to see it like almost digital. And so 
he sends me back this 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 pic on on WhatsApp, and I saw it, and I was like, "Oh yeah, this this is exactly what I was looking for." Like it was, it was I actually still have the pic, um, and uh, I, we actually put it in as one of the digital nanobytes in in the in the first series for burger bites. It's the mini cheeseburger bite, and uh, it's it's. It just, it, it immediately sold me on the concept. I'm like, I knew immediately right then and there, I'm like, we have something we can build on because I just want to have this thing, whatever it is, as soon as I see it. Um, and, you know, from there, the data part of it was already in there from the first inception idea. The app was not. Um, the QR code came really within like the first week to two weeks because I've been playing around with different things over time. You know, you look at different technologies, NFC, QR, RFID. I played around with some stuff during uh, making products over the years. So, 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 so yeah, but it was, it was more of a style based. It was, it was about establishing our style. That was the most important part. What was it about QR codes that drew you over things like an X, NFC and um, other technologies? Um, so a QR code is, is something that almost every single phone can now immediately detect. Uh, it's super fast. You don't need anything with it. And it's also very visible. So if, if the style is right, the QR code it will give you a mental prompt that you need to make an action with your, your device. Where an NFC reader, um, there's a couple potential issues there. It's seamless, but you don't know it's there. It's also potentially highly defective. So I, I'm sure this technology will evolve over time, but at least when I was first sizing this up, I, was, I said to myself, I'm like, okay, you, people need to know that there's a call to action intuitively. A QR code will do exactly that. And, I'm, and I think that you know, in, a, in a serendipitous roundabout way, COVID has definitely helped us along with that adoption rate. So like even my, even my mom can do a QR code now. I mean, no problem. You know, it's, 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 it's very, very widely adopted now. It's incredible that um, you mentioned that. Like, a, like a, I'm, I feel like I'm seeing QR codes everywhere. And I'm not right. just talking about, you know, the fact that out here in Australia, and I, it must be the same for you guys over there, um, that's the way that you sort of check in and you've got your apps and so on and so forth when you're floating around because of COVID. Um, but I yeah. feel like a lot of businesses these days have actually taken that on board and gone, people know how to use QR code technology now, so it's, it's something we're going to do. Definitely, this has helped us. And, and I think that that's just, uh, you know, that, that, that was, that's just dumb luck. From, from from our perspective uh, with regards to our product. That's just dumb luck. But, um, but you know, when you're doing something blocky and, you, and, and you're having cubular type of format, you, you can design that in so you're always seeing a QR code no matter where you're at. Um, after that, there's additional details that you need to kind of sort out, like can you print small enough that you're able to do this in a, in a very efficient manner so it scans. Uh, and there's a whole bunch of different technical hurdles that we needed to jump through, but, but it's been, it's been, it's been very, I'd say it's been pretty stable overall. I, um, I just love these and I, I like, I love them because I, I mean, I love collectibles. I love miniatures. 
um, and they sort of, you know, it sort of throws it all together. Um, there's the, is that the cheeseburger that you were telling me about? Is that is that the exact one? Um, so that that that's an iteration on it. We we didn't have the uh, tomato, right? And <laughs> uh, originally, so so yeah, so that 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 you know we felt like if we were going to really do this, we needed something a little bit more deluxe. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's a derivative. So but I love that one. Oh, it's I love it too. I like the colors and all that sort of stuff. And the kids absolutely go bananas for it as well. Um, so the thing about these is that, and this is the thing that I that really drew me to this in the first place um, when I first started coming across these, is that um, you know being able to scan these into the app and then and we'll get to the app in just a moment. But the fact that there's great quizzes and you know educational value and jokes and all sorts of stuff. Um, how important to you guys was the the educational aspect, or the you know the facts and the jokes and the information and and all of that? You know, how, how important to you guys was that side of creating a toy, basically? That was that was actually the most important part. So so originally it was it was it was meant to be a story about everything like you know everything in this world whatever exists whether it's something that's totally mundane like a chair or 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 a desk or you know even things like a burger or pizza whatever everything is a story behind it and there's all sorts of fun facts and jokes and you know if you start to kind of get into kitschy pop culture information you find that that you know the uh the record for uh, for scoops on an ice cream cone is 125 scoops. That's a random useless fact, but I love random useless facts. So so I mean for me this is this is a huge part of of kind of who I am as a person. You know popsicles invented by an 11 year old named Frank Epperson in 1905. Um, just 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 really cool you know information or or you know for for a game controller. Uh, I started to look up things like like Nintendo was invented. Uh, the company was founded in 1889, and they specialized in playing cards. Like yeah. I had no idea about this stuff. So that, that that's where really the the initial concept came from. It was like it's cubular, it's data based, and we're going to put some data inside. So you'll scan it, and then it'll tell you just on a simple website. That was where we started. We had we had a I met a web designer and. Um, we had them design our, our website and it was, it was, it was okay. You know, it was all right, but I didn't really like, you know, after you do a few of them, you're just like, eh, it's nice. <laughs> but, but, you know, I mean, I, I'm, but I'm a, I'm a kid at heart. So like I get bored pretty quick. So I'm like, yeah, it's good. Next. Um, so, so yeah, the, the, the data part of it, that was right at the outset that was really kind of one of the most integral features. And it's actually still, I would say it's still the backbone of everything. It, it, the whole world springs out of the data. Yeah. Um, the Let's talk about the world. You know, you download a, a digital app and you can use the world and you scan um, these toys into the world and you unlock certain things. Um, what's the process been like when it, it's come to creating a digital world for somebody who, you know, whose career has been primarily creating physical toys? Um, that has been, it's, well, there's, there's all sorts of challenges. Um, 
it's 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 a big journey and it's filled with uh, all sorts of searching. Um, you know, we, we had to we had to write basically a game design document and and you know I, I had this idea as, as we went along the as we kind of go along the line and you stare at something long enough you start to have ideas on where it's going to go and and the big big idea at the time and you mind I mean you know at the time we're like a four person company so you know to do a big digital world and apps and stuff like that like we're not I, initially I was like that sounds really far-fetched <laughs> I don't see this happening at the beginning but then, you know, COVID kind of set in and everybody's in lockdown. And I just started to, I, I, start, I was already writing out a game brief and a game design document. And I'm like, you know what, let's check it out. And, uh, and then we went and found our app developer. And so every single thing has been one of those parts where it's just kind of unlocked a, a next door along the way. And, and then we've solved the next challenge and the next challenge and the next challenge, but opportunities have also kind of sprung up. So even though it was a big idea and I have zero experience developing apps, well, now I have some experience developing apps, not on the technical side, but yes, on the game design side. Um, it's been one of those things where you're, you're, looking for, you're looking for people who are experts at what they do, who can mesh well with your values and creativity. And we just went really hard on this during the, the first lockdown. And uh, we went around the world, found a, 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 um, a great team after interviewing about 40 different companies and, uh, and locked in. And, and I have a tremendous amount of respect for them. Nothing that I would ever, like, I would never have my own app company. I got to say, that, 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 that seems quite crazy. Um, because there's a lot of technical stuff that you don't even see that I don't even see, but but it's uh, it's been a you know we we managed to find the right people we have a good fit we have uh, a mutual respect for each other, and and now um, we feel like we have like a, a team that's an extension of ourselves, just based in Eastern Europe, and uh, and we you know we we zoom every week and we have uh, really good discussions all every day, and. Um, we're, we're, well, now we're at a point where we have uh, a digital universe and it's evolving uh, every week and it's exciting. Does it get to the stage where, um, actually, I'll, I'll start with the question before this one. Um, I, I'm the sort of person who, like, I, I have a vision, I know what it looks like, but I'm not very good at articulating it to be able to describe it to somebody. I, I can see it perfectly. I can see colors. I can see visuals. I can see designs. I can see everything in here. It's just so hard for me to describe it to someone. Has it been frustrating for you at times just knowing exactly the vision that you've had in your head um, to try and bring something like this together and bring it to life, to try and impress upon others what it should look like and feel like and sound like and, and you know, when you touch it, what it's, you know, all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, okay. Yes, that's a challenge. And, and it's, it's one of the best things that we found is that when you write a game design document, you can get pretty granular about this stuff and you can actually start to kind of work through it and almost troubleshoot your way through that pitch, that discussion. 
Um, but only when you can see visuals of that of that idea starting to take shape, do you really start to kind of see that this is a good idea or this is totally not a good idea uh, in front of you. And I, I found that sometimes it works like a glove and that's mainly because we have the right team in place and we made the right choice. You know, we just, we found that mutually aligned values. And that's actually where I, I pulled my wife, Kat, in. And I was like, you got to sit down here. And she's the, she's the spirit animal of the company. So I'm like, you got to be part of this to make sure that you feel like they have the depth because we're really trying to think deeply here about everything, you know, because kids smell, kids have a great BS detector. If something doesn't make sense, they're just like, why? You know, and uh, if you try to explain it away, they're like, yeah. So, so I, I found that just by making the right choice in terms of an app development team, we came to, uh, we came to have this, this way where we're able to kind of make the vision become a reality uh, much quicker than, than if we'd chosen, I think, some of the other options that were on the table at the time. I don't think it would have come out so well. But, but this clearly is working, which is, which is awesome. Um, and it's, it's very encouraging. Um, obviously, you know, you've, you've got numbers that you, you're following, downloads, so on and so forth when it comes to the digital world and sales. And how's, how's everything going? How's it coming along? Um, so we have, um, we started out in just Australia to begin with and then Poland, and now we have the UK and Croatia coming up. Uh, at the moment, we have 28,483 downloads, not like I check every four minutes. <laughs> um, it's a little embarrassing, but uh, yeah. Um, and, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's validating in some ways. Of course, I want it to go faster. But the fact is, is that it's going up mm. and, and it's taking over. And, and, and the other part of it is that, you know, innovation gets applied in layers. Like, like any, anything that you're doing the right way, just it gets applied in layers, whether it's building a house or building a digital universe or, or, or building a cool toy line. You know, I mean, it's, it's, you get the right foundation and then you can build upon that. If, if it's not strong, the whole thing tips over. And it does take time for people to realize how cool something is or, or, you know, how rich the content is. They might give it a little look, but then they're on with their day. Um, where I feel like now, as of maybe the past two weeks, this is the first time at which I feel like we have a really solid amount of depth. The loading speed's fast. The world has richness. We now have... Uh, um, interactive buildings. So like you can touch into the mayor's residence. If you build Mayor McBite's residence, you can see that there's, we, uh, we created 246 different achievements that you can, that you can, you can play with in, in the app and by, by collecting nanobytes and by, you know, doing certain actions and playing games. Um, you know, it just, it's, it's one of those things where it's just, it just takes time and, and you just have to stay at it all the time and eat, sleep, breathe it, put it in your Cheerios. And just like, you know, you're, you're, you really do need to like think in this digital world to kind of make it 
truly happen in the physical world. Um, but but it seems to be kind of coming into and it seems to be coming along. I mean, we're Australia is about 50 to 60 players a day. I'd love that to be more, but that's kind of where we're at. Um, the new players, I mean. Uh, right now in Oz, we're about 4,500 players. Um, so that's, that's uh, hey, look, it's, it's, it's grown, it's ticking. And what we're going to do is we're just going to keep on making new fun ways for players to engage in, in this whole universe. So we're just layering in more and more stuff, more and more features, more and more fun, fun, fun ways to engage. Um, can you pick that truck back up? Because it sort of made an appearance into the shot and then you put it back down again. Can we see that truck again, please? <laughs> Absolutely, yes. Look at that. That is awesome. Yes. Now, that's, I mean, that's thats a big truck. I mean, the, you know, nanobytes, we used to seeing these um, cool little tiny thing. That's a big truck. So this is, I mean, you guys are expanding the, the, the line of toys, right? So to include some, some really awesome things. Oh, absolutely. Um, so this is a, uh, you know, every, every good line needs a playset, And so this is a preview of our series two. Um, we call it, it's a garbage truck, obviously. So it comes with, uh, it comes with a, a receptacle where you can actually put up to about 12 different nanobytes inside working forks. So it's got storage in the top. Um, and of course it's, also, the bite burglar's getaway vehicle. So his day job is, of course, uh, is, is, is actually a garbage man. And then he turns into the bite burglar at night. So this vehicle is dual purpose. Um, while it looks like a garbage truck, it also has a weapons cache. And so you can rotate the different weapons right here. Uh, and of course, if enemies are getting close, you can turn on your jet engines. And, uh, and then, um, of course, there's also a really neat, uh, you got a grapple hook feature, so you can put these little drums outside, out wide, and then fire your, uh, your grapple hooks. And of course, you can put any character you want inside. But yeah, here's the bite burglar. And so, yeah, this, this is something that we'll make actually for Christmas of uh, 2022. Right. Okay. So that, I mean, you know, we're, we're in um, October of 21. So that's how early you're designing things like play sets for release. Like we're not going to actually set up, see that on shelves for another 12 months or so. No, no. Yeah. It's, it's, we work about a year in advance. Um, I, I, we've, we've already started into S3, S4, S5. So we've already kind of started into those and, and, and are starting to present uh some concepts because uh, you know we, we have we've got 17 characters at the moment within our within our physical and digital universe so um the the cast of characters growing uh, the storylines are growing uh the way they interconnect is growing and uh, the way you're going to be able to play with them after after collecting the physical character is also growing too so for a design like that the truck how many times will it go back and forth between um, I guess, you know, conception and then designs and then seeing a physical one and holding it in your hands and being able to look at it and then maybe mucking around with it and sending it back and getting another one. Like right. how, how long, how many, how many of those different iterations of that truck would you see until you're happy with it? Um, 
Okay, so I would say about uh, 12 to 14 verses, generally. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, you don't want to, you want to be outputting like, so this, this, pro, this prototype itself, this is a, this is about a 6,000 US dollar prototype. Yeah. Wow. What, what, what makes it worth six grand? Is it, is it the, the amount of work that goes into building a prototype like that? Yeah, it's, it's all, it's, it's resin based. I mean, if, if you drop this on the floor, it would shatter like porcelain. Uh, so, so it's, it's, uh, yeah, they're, they're very fragile, but, um, you get real functionality. It's all printed on a one-off basis. You're working with engineers who are going to make it so it can be done, uh, in a manufacturing capability as well as not just look good in concept. Um, and then when we finally output a prototype as any, any experienced toy maker will know is they're also sending it to the factory for costing because we do have certain price points that we want to hit 29.99, 39.99, 49.99. Like these are all, you know, of course, Aussie dollar or even Canadian dollar, quite similar usually, but you got to hit those, those, those numbers. And so you might come out a little bloated on cost. Freight rates have gone crazy now. So you got to be mindful of all these little things that actually stack up. If you're like two inches too wide, then you can fit less pieces in a container. And that didn't used to be a problem back when freight rates were in a standard way. But now we're in a, in a scenario globally where uh, freight is 10x more expensive than it used to be. So those two inches multiplied by two pieces per carton multiplied by all the products that fit in a container turns into, it can turn into say five to $10 at retail on the, on the, on the unit price. And, and, and that can mean that the, that can, that can, you know, because there are much larger companies like Hasbro and Mattel and like, you know, there's big boys. So, so whether or not we're going to get the placement compared to them, a lot of times depends on land and cost. And you gotta, you gotta design with those things in mind to actually make an effective, like uh, a product that's, that's going to be getting to the shelf before you even get to, before you even get to consumers, you have to think about that stuff. It's super duper important in the business of play. It must be so cool as somebody who, I mean, I, I've got a cool job. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a podcaster and I'm a broadcaster and I, you know, I'd, give away prizes and play music and chat to people and have a laugh for a job. So I've got, I've got a cool job and it's cool to say I'm a radio guy or a radio broadcaster with a job, but it must be damn cool to say that you are a toy maker and that is your job. And like, it, it must be an insane feeling to actually see your toy come to life and be able to hold it like that, right? Yeah, you know what? Uh, I consider it to be one of the best jobs in the world. I, I love it. I, 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 it's, it is, it is a privilege to do it. Uh, it's a privilege to be able to make toys. I absolutely love my job. And and you know there there's times because a lot of times in the toy industry things are not so positive. It's, it's it can be a little bit negative sometimes. It's just it's the nature of the business, um, but the the fact that you get to be creative and you know 
turn ideas into reality and do that on a consistent basis all the time. And, and also, um, toys do keep you young. They keep you playful. I love that. That's what I keep saying to my wife um, because I've got a, a very rich collection of toys. Um, but uh, <laughs> get rid of them. <laughs> the um, your, you, you mentioned you got uh, did you say three kids? Yep. Right. This okay. Um, and you mentioned you know they this become your your toy testers essentially. Um, how do how do they yeah, go yeah. when it comes to giving you feedback? Are they pretty honest and open about the things that they like and they don't like? Yeah, it's, they are ridiculously honest. <laughs> um, my 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 son's the funniest one because he's uh, we we have a lot of similar. He can't fake it. Impossible for him. So so if I've made something that he just doesn't want to play with, he's just like immediately he's out of there. He's just like just gone so so when i when i first told him i was like yeah we're gonna get into apps and whatever he's just like okay you know uh, he's a big brawl stars fan he's he's like borderline professional at Fortnite at one point during these uh, these lockdowns he was like in champions league and placing fourth out of like ten thousand players or, or no sorry 40th out of ten thousand players he's he, he was he's getting up there so he, he knows his games quite well and uh he, he's he's i can't bribe him forget it um you know it's it's very nice to have that honesty so so i would say that he would be probably number one when it comes to toy testing sorry i love you all but uh yeah my son andrew would be be top on that on that chart um yeah unreal <laughs> Um, yeah. Now, uh, looking ahead, what's what's next for for Nanobytes? I mean, we've got the current um, iterations. We've seen Series One, Series Two is rolling out. Um, you know, can you can you tell us about some of the cool things that we can look forward to, in particular over the next, I guess, sort of six months, looking short term? Um. Yeah. Um, okay. So. Actually, one of the coolest things is, is what's happening between now and Christmas. So we have products that's, that's, that's there, that's on the shelves. And, and at the same time, it's, it's like one of the things I've realized is that when you, when you create this digital world, you want to layer in all these different features. You can't do it at once. So now we've gotten to a point where we have a nice amount of content, but we're not stopping. So every single two weeks, we release new updates. And the latest one I've been playing with has been super fun because we put in uh, what we call, we call this web sockets. Basically this makes the whole in-store experience like super smooth, no loading, nothing, just seamless. So it makes us look like, like we're like an EA game. And, uh, and so that, that's something that I have in my testing server. Wow, I'm very happy about that. Um, it will be released this week production. So that'll be, that'll be the newest update. Um, we will also include, well, you'll see in the architecture of the world, there will be all of a sudden airport that's going to be part of the map, uh, as well as a cargo railway system. Um, so, so those will, those will join the, the whole, uh, the whole digital universe this week. And then in the next two weeks, we are working on um, more depth for existing mini games. 
So with Bitemark Blitz, I wanted to have like a, like a power meter. So if you get a bunch of uh, if you get a bunch of them in a row correct, you can activate Turbo. And then if you hit that, you get like a double, triple points. Kind of reminds me of like Guitar Hero back in the day when you're like you know you're really good, and then all of a sudden you get Turbo available. So that that should be um, that's going to come online within about two to three weeks. Um, Bike Quest, which is uh, activated with our Nano Arcade playset. Um, with, with, with this bad boy. Um, right, yeah, there you go. So, so I wanted this to be, so I wanted this to be like, it looks like a building. And of course it's, it's, this, it's this video arcade and then you pull a joystick and then it opens up this world. And, and you know, the world has trap doors. It has an exclusive character, Crazy Ivan, who you can scan into the Nanobyte. By the way, Crazy Ivan's actually uh, one of the owners of our app team. Um, and, and so, so, so the whole thing has, you know, eventually it has a payoff in the middle where we include a, a mythical nanobite inside, but you got trap doors and stuff. The video game that it activates, which is bike quest is like a classic platformer. And what I wanted to do was I wanted to make it so the experience behind, uh, behind bike quest would be just something that you can really get into. So at the moment we got like one level, but it's a dynamic level. There's seven different ways or 10 different ways that it plays out. But moving forward, we're gonna introduce like three to four levels and then our first boss. So you'll be able to actually like go through the levels, get higher scores, activate more and more of the nanobytes in the actual game, and then eventually go and face off against um, the boss. And then we're putting in additional levels as we move forward. Um, and, and so I, we, we have some really cool themes for those too. And, and of course the, the, the physical collectibles will, will play into the gameplay there too. So, so, so that, that's, that's coming like in like two to three weeks. Um, so that's gonna be fun. Uh, after that, uh, we're gonna activate the cargo ship. So, so all of a sudden uh, right now it says coming soon. Um, so that whole part of it is going to become a reality. And then it, after that, we're going to put in a PVP trivia game. Uh, so you'll be able to go back and forth and test your knowledge and all sorts of different random kitschy things. Um, and, uh, and, and then we're also layering in a science lab and a couple other buildings. So, uh, so, so that, that, that's all between now and December. Far out. If that's between now and December, I can only imagine uh, what the next year holds and the right. sheer amount of volume of content and stuff that we can look forward to, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I, if, if, if enough people are playing the actual, if enough people are purchasing the product and stuff, because that's the gasoline we run on. Um, so if people go and buy nanobites and they're really, really into it and they get into the world um, and, 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 you know, if they're into this, then then it really does unlock all sorts of potential um, that we can that we can grow into, and and, uh, and it just makes the the whole the whole play experience just so much richer and so much more fun. Um, now, uh, it would be remiss of me not to do one of my favorite things that I like doing and open one of these uh, in front of you just to see um, which nanobytes uh, we're pulling out of this one today. And I, I got to admit, mate, I've I've probably opened more 
then I, I'm safe to admit in front of people um, because I just love the idea of the surprise. So out comes this. I love these blue boxes that you guys have created because the idea of being able to just stack these with these the pins and the holes and stuff. Yeah, look at that. That is great. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, I really admire just the depth of thought that's gone into creating these toys. Thank you. Uh, you know, we really dorked out on this pretty hard. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, hang on. Which ones did I get? So in here, you get your nanobytes. Um, you get your code as well that you put into the game to make sure that you actually tick off the fact that you've collected these nanobytes. Um, there's a bit of paperwork in here that shows you, obviously, the different bytes that you can collect and so on and so forth. And there are so many there. Um, okay, let's see which ones I got. I got the uh, the chocolate bar, which I don't have the chocolate bar yet. So, yes, that's a big win. And, oh, look at that. Tell me that's a croissant. That's a nano croissant. <laughs> this is so good. Yes. Oh, wow. I love that so much. This is great. And Do you know where croissants originally come from? No, I don't. But if I was to scan that QR code into the game, I would find that out, right? You would find that out. Right. Yes. But... And they originally were not called croissant. They really? were called a kip furl. A kip, kip fleur? Kip, kip furl. A K-I-P-F-E-R-L. Kip Furl. Kip Furl. Where yeah. did they come from? Austria. Austria. So there you go. Yeah. They're not from France, like we all. No, thought. no. They 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 became a they became a national product of France. I think in 1920. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, unreal. Um, Dean, you know, before we let you go, mate, is there anything else that you want to just uh, let the audience know about or say? Um, you know what? No, actually, I'd just like to say thank you uh, for having me on. Um, thanks for, 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 for being a fan of, of, of what we've created as a team. And um, yeah, you know, I mean, uh, if, if, if you haven't checked out Nanobytes and you want to, then uh, I, think, I think they're available at Big W and, uh, and, and Toys R Us and Toy World. And uh, yeah, you know, it's just a, it's a little bit of fun, a little bit smart little sneaky education but but pure entertainment love it mate good on you i'm gonna keep collecting these bad boys thanks dean good to chat to you awesome thanks pete you too